We all like being happy, and um, everything within us goes, man, isn't that sort of the point of life? I just want to be happy. And so I could start this series by putting a question mark at the end of this, like I just did, and we all have answers to that. But I could also, it could just be a period, as in, I'm going to tell you what makes you happy, which is perhaps sort of arrogant or sort of like offensive for me to say, as if you know me or I know you, and really, you, you can tell me what makes me happy, but we all want to be happy. We all think we know what would make us happy, right? I really want to be popular. I want to have money. I think money would help me be happy. I want nice stuff. I want new clothes. I want nice clothes. I maybe want certain brands of clothes or expensive clothes. I like to go shopping. All that comes across with your image. You want cool toys. You want cool gadgets. Uh, for all kinds of, there's all kinds of things that just make us happy. But what really is at the root of it? You know, well, I'm going to put it this way. I'm going to start off with the main phrase we're going to use a lot in this uh, series for three weeks. And you all know this. This is this sort of a duh, you sort of get this, but some of you need to be reminded. Sometimes we actually, we don't know what makes us happy or sometimes we just forget. But I'm going to say this, happiness has more to do with who than what. Again, you all know that. That's not crazy new. Happiness has more to do with who than what? And you know this from the time you were very, very young. That in elementary school, this probably happened on the playground at recess. In middle school, maybe it was in the cafeteria. In high school, maybe it's on the weekends. But it doesn't really matter. At a certain point, you learn. It doesn't really matter what we do or what I have. When you're alone, you think about that all the time. You want cool stuff. But suddenly, if you're with certain who's, it doesn't really matter what you have. Because you have just somehow, like, that, those friends around you make all the difference in the world. In fact, maybe you have parents who um, really want your house to be the house where you hang out at, and so they've, I don't know, put a pool or bought a whole bunch of like cool toys, a Xbox whatever, and a PS whatever, all the cool stuff, and still you go, yeah, we're not really, I don't want to hang out at my house, and it just didn't work, right? And you, again, it doesn't matter what you have, because mostly you go, I'm really happiest when I'm around certain who's. Let me put it this way, too. This is whatever, but um, happiness works best when, it, when, when there's a who or two. It has much more to do with who's than what's. But so, really, what makes, who makes you happy? And I'm not just talking about God, and we're not only going to talk about your connection with God over these three weeks, but we want to talk about who's. Um, there's a couple of things that I think we... Uh, I guess realize this, it helps us to realize this, a couple, couple pieces of evidence. Um, predominantly, we, we know there's things we want and we think they're going to make us happy, and you all know this, you get that thing and very, very quickly it wears off, right? It's caffeine happiness, it wears off over time. So my wife and I, we go on dates maybe once a month, and uh, because we have three kids and because I'm a youth pastor, that's not the, I guess, brand, but I, we don't have a lot of money to spend on dates. Being a youth pastor is great, it's, anyway, but... Um, like, so we're paying for a babysitter, and so we always go out to eat. But to go out to eat and go to a movie, I've mentioned that before, it's just a lot of money, and you're out then even longer. So our dates consist of dinner and shopping. Like, I don't like shopping. I don't love spending more money. But typically, it's just like we need, st we, we need to get groceries. We go to Target. We look at stuff for the house. We go to Lowe's or Home Depot. Um, there's always something that if I go to Old Navy, say, and get a shirt, I'm just like, I've mentioned this before, right? for that brief moment ago, I... I just really like that shirt. I'm so really excited tonight because we're 
It was a great date with my wife, but I got it. I got new clothes. This is awesome. And even by the time I get home, I'm like, who cares about this shirt? This shirt's just lame. It was like five bucks. I always buy discount shirts at Old Navy. Uh, this summer, there was a couple things. I needed a new Nalgene bottle. Went to the DR this summer, and uh, you needed two water bottles. And my Nalgenes are getting all beat up. So for the longest time, I was just like, you know what would make me happy? A new Nalgene. And so finally, one day after work, I stop at Target. You know, I went to Walmart, couldn't find them at Walmart, went to Target, bought a brand new Nalgene, and I was like, this is a stinking water bottle. Like, who, who cares, Brad? This was so flashy and nice, and I can't wait, and I'm going to feel happy when I get this. And it lasted for literally maybe one minute. Um, there's the water bottle. I'm really into wireless headphones. Anybody have a pair of wireless headphones, maybe some Beats or whatever? I want earbuds. But so I got a cheap pair, and they didn't make me happy at all. And so two nights ago, I do not, I researched uh, wireless earbuds for almost two hours on the internet looking for the better ones. Why did I do that? And it doesn't matter so much about the what's, but it matters, like, what makes me happy? I mean, the other night I told Leslie, I go, we need to shut down, like, internet time in our house at 9 o'clock so that I can look at you and you can look at me and we can talk. Um, here's, here's a couple of the other things. Have you ever gone to the Open Door Mission? Have you ever gone to the Dominican Republic? We had a great trip there the last summer, like 30 of us from Oasis. Um, in Tribe, you went on a mission trip. Raise a hand. Who's been around really very, very poor people? Anyone? Even here in Omaha? Yeah, a lot of you have. And there's something about it, and maybe less so at the Open Door Mission because you're there for a couple hours and you leave. But in the DR or wherever else, you, we, we've uh, formed relationships with these little girls and these little boys. Uh, I don't know who it was, Marin Ellis. We show up at this village, and she immediately remembers these group of girls from two years ago or the year before. I don't know if Marin's here tonight. And they started doing one of these, like, clappy hand smack things that girls do. You know what I'm talking about? It was, it was awesome. Like, it was absolutely, like, that's totally a thing that girls do. But it was, like, they saw each other and were just like, hey, and you're from the Dominican and I'm from America. And they just started doing the hand clap thing because they knew each other. Anyway, that's not my point. My point is they are, like, so poor. We're leaving the city, the nice sort of the whatever ritzy part we stayed in the DR, out to the villages um, where they're living in shacks. They're living in one, two, three-room houses, concrete floor. They have nothing. And you know what you find? You know where I'm going with this. They are the happiest little boys and girls that you could ever come across. I remember, never forget Amy Keezer on a video from Africa coming back and saying, yeah, these are the happiest kids. And not all of them are happy. Some, they don't have much. But you go, why are they so happy? And they don't have much of anything, right? But they do have some who's. And if happiness has more to do with a who than a what, then they have what they need, and of course they're happy, and we're so distracted by the what that we miss it. Or this, um, well, I was going to say this, any of you leaders in here, if you have kids, um, I sort of thought, parents, you're never more happy, I'm sorry, you're never happier than your most unhappy child. And so for you students, realize that if you're going through something crazy, it affects your parents. Your parents are never more happy than their most unhappy child. Husbands in here, if you're married, you are never more happy than your most unhappy wife, which is hopefully just one wife, because I'm not talking about, that has got to be the number one reason that polygamy is just wrong. It just, you'd go like, who is, they're all unhappy, this is horrible for me. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about that. Most of you aren't even married anyway. Um, 
but you're never more happy than your most, like, if your wife's unhappy. Ben, I married Ben and Peyton this summer. Peyton was an OASIS student. I'm not, I don't know, Peyton's probably awesome, but if Peyton's unhappy, I guarantee you Ben is unhappy. That's how it works in my marriage. She goes, why are you grumpy? I go, because you're grumpy. And I just, I'm good if you're good, honey. Or this, um, when it gets to the end of your life, right, and I know most of you are 15, 16, 17 years old, if you can think to what might it, it might be like on your deathbed or you're in the hospital, what is your greatest regret in life are not going to be what issues. They're going to be like relational issues. You're going to have relational, not possessional regret. Nobody says at their funeral, honey, would you bring me my awesome Nike shoes from home? I will, honey, I really want to have some alone, a, a moment with my shoes. Those shoes are so awesome. Honey, I just, would you take me downstairs so I could see the car? I love the car. No one's going to do that, right? You're going to think, could you bring my son in here? And I want to have a moment with my son or my daughter or whatever. Because at the end of your life, nobody has possessional regrets. And so here's the thing. Um, what do all happy people have in common? This is where we're going in this series. What do all, you think of the most happy people you know. You don't know what it is? They have something on the inside that's good. There's something in them that's just content, right? And I'm going to say it's peace. They have peace. All happy people, all happy people, whether they're Christians or not, they have peace. There's this inner sense of peace and joy and contentment. And I know maybe you're a Christian and maybe more so adult leaders, maybe you have an issue with the word happy even, and you're like, no, we don't need to be happy. Happy is so like surfacey. We need, we have joy. And for this series, I'm just sort of equating the two. Because they can easily be equated, joy and happiness. We want, yes, maybe joy is more internal, but what do all happy people have? They have peace. And I think they have peace in three areas. Number one, they have peace with themselves. That somehow they're okay in their own skin. They don't have, um, I don't know, they're not crazy unhappy about who they are and how God made them. Their self-esteem, their self-worth. You know people like this. And maybe they're not crazy, you know, thin or whatever or super, but like they're just comfortable with themselves. They're at peace with themselves. They don't hold grudges. Um, they don't let the things that people say to them bother them. For whatever reason, they're at peace with themselves. They're also at peace with others, right? Which as I just mentioned, they don't hold grudges. They're quick to forgive. They're not easily offended. People are at peace with themselves. They're at peace with others. And sometime, and I'm not saying all the time, but many times, the happiest people that I've come across and that you've come across are at peace with God. They know God. They have a relationship with God. And probably they even look around the world and they see that the fundamental problem with, in the world today is this thing called sin. And sin takes effect in our hearts and results in selfishness and greed and all sorts of personal issues. And sin flushes itself out in a whole lot of more corporate ways, racism and all sorts of bigger deal, but they're at peace. They, they realize the good news that even though there's sin in this world, God did not create us bad or evil. Sin came into the world because God gave us a choice, and God needed to give us a choice, right? Because he wanted us to choose love, and love is always a choice. If you try to force love, I don't know what that is, but it's not love, and so but we also sin entered the world, and Jesus, what did he do? He made it right. God sent Jesus to this world to pay our death penalty for you, that the wages of sin is death, and Jesus comes along and says, I'm going to pay the price for that. 
And so sin is no longer a problem. And so again, there's plenty. Don't, don't misunderstand me. There are plenty of happy people out there who are not Christians. And we should recognize that too. But there are so many people that are more happy and more at peace and more content because they're also at peace with God. We need peace way more than we realize. And I'll tell you this, any time that your peace is threatened, it also undermines, it also threatens your happiness. So if there's a decision you're about to make, or you know from your past that you've made a decision, anything that threatens or undermines your peace ultimately threatens or undermines your happiness. And we know that, don't we? We've all made decisions at some point and we've gone, that's why, that those two, peace and happiness, are, are inextricably connected. And so the next time you're tempted to do whatever, or to look at whatever, or go to wherever, and you know, like deep, and just in your gut, you go, I know this disrupts my peace. My heart's racing. I know I shouldn't be here. I know I shouldn't be going here on a Friday night. I know I shouldn't be with so-and-so. Anything that threatens your peace ultimately threatens your happiness. You know, what's crazy is much of the New Testament really is teaching us how to be at peace with ourselves, with others, and with God. And uh, I don't have a lot of time, but in the time we have left, I want to sort of walk you through this story, and almost every one of you in here have have heard this, unless you haven't grown up in church much, that one day this lawyer comes up to Jesus, and all over the place, people were coming up to Jesus, you know, this, trying to trick him, trying to test him. And uh, this lawyer comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, there's over 600 laws in the Old Testament. Over 600. Which, which law, which command is the great? Which is the best one, Jesus? And this man, I'm sure, had an answer for this. Traditionally, there was a right answer to this question. Which is the best law, Jesus? Which is, which is the greatest commandment? And uh, so Jesus understood what he was asking, but Matthew records the conversation as going like this. Matthew 22, you have a Bible or the app you want to turn there, it'll be on the screens. But Matthew 22, 36, where is it? 22, verse 36. Oh, he says this. Teacher, oh, which is the greatest commandment in the law? I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Um, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Very simple, right? Now, most of the time, when you think of commandments or laws, we don't think about that being tied to our happiness, right? In fact, many times when we think of laws or commands, we feel like that is the exact opposite of what makes us happy. Um, But Jesus' response steers us in a completely different direction. Now, it's almost too like this guy is saying, um, what's the what, Jesus? I don't care about who's. What's the what that will will help me get it right? He was a lawyer, and so he, he knew this stuff. So he says, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus responds, he goes, love. The guy goes, no, 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 wait, wait, I said commandment. Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? I'm talking like probably thou shalt not or you need to, you know, I don't know, you shouldn't murder. Isn't that the greatest one, Jesus? You probably, that's the worst, Jesus, you shouldn't murder. Or maybe lying, Jesus goes, love. No, no, Jesus, you're misunderstanding my question. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus knows what the guy's saying, and he says, love. Love the Lord your God, verse 37, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. It doesn't sound very commanding, does it? In fact, it sounds very, very relational. And this is very, very important because, in fact, Jesus basically says, this is the greatest, this is the, the most important, some of the most important verses in the Bible. And Jesus is basically saying, since God loved you so much, 
you should love him back. They're recorded in John's first, John, uh, the Apostle John's first letter in John 1. He says, um, how does he put it? We love because he first loved us. That's what love is. When you think, I think before Jesus came on the scene, Old Testament, um, I was just thinking about this earlier before I came up. I don't uh, recommend, I've not even seen the entire movie 300. I cannot endorse the movie 300. I hope you have not seen the movie 300. But I think before Jesus came on the scene, just the world was like the survival of the fittest, like fighting to the death. And um, I don't know, who was that? What was that army called? 300? The Tro- not Trojan? Spartans. I mean, just Greeks and Romans, and they're just like, it's bloody, and it's, my people are going to wipe out your people. You see that all throughout the Old Testament. Um, there just was not this culture of love, and Jesus comes on the scene and changes everything. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. God wants to make peace with you, and you should make peace him. Jesus says the most important commandment in the Bible is about peace with God, that you should love God because he loves us. But he doesn't stop there, right? Listen to how he brings in the other two components of our happiness equation, those three things I mentioned earlier. Jesus says that loving, loving God is the first and greatest commandment, verse 38. But then he says, verse 39, the second is like it, which, which means it's a package deal here. They're both almost equal. You can't get one without the other. What's the second commandment? Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And again, you've all heard this before. Essentially, he's saying, what's most important to me is peace with God, love God, peace with others, right? Love your neighbor as yourself, peace with yourself. And so Jesus is telling us stuff that we already knew, but peace has nothing to do with new stuff, right? And we know that the moment we get it. Like we can, and there's a place for our stuff, and we'll talk about that over the next two weeks. The moment you got your new game system, you're like, this is incredible. But very, very quickly, again, it's caffeine happiness. It wears off over time. And we know that happiness is connected to a who or to, it is not connected to stuff. No thing makes us happy. And so that's the, for the rest of this series, whenever I, maybe I'll start this way next week, when I say, what makes you happy? I want you to respond this way. Maybe this is on the screen. I want you to say this. No thing, nothing, no thing will make you happy because happiness has more to do with who than what. And so um, I want you to, here's, how do we, what do we do with this? So I want you to think about the what's in your life. Are there things that you're counting on to make you happy that were never intended to make you happy? That that's just the thing that you're just banking on. Every morning when you wake up, there's something that you think about first. And many of you maybe wake up in the morning and you go, ugh, school. Ugh. And, and maybe school's, le- you know, and the thing you like about school is your friends are there, right? It's the people that you surround yourself with. Maybe, though, maybe the thing that makes you happy is your, like, impeccable grades. And you're way too much stock in that thing called good grades, or there's, there's expectations on you from your parents, or whatever, but what is the thing that you're counting on to make you happy that was never intended to make you happy? And wanting to be happy isn't wrong, but using the, the wrong thing just won't help you. In fact, I want you to think about that too. Jesus put within you the capacity for happiness. And so, I, you know, many of us go, maybe even come to Oasis, or your friends go, God, seriously, church? Isn't like happiness and God, aren't those like two opposite things? Like 
I pretty much thought growing up, you know, like that most of the Bible just had to do with rules, and it was the, it was the epitome of like not being happy. That if you, you could either be a Christian or you could be happy, right, or not, but both. But Jesus actually put within you and within me this capacity to be happy. And it's okay. He wants us to be at peace. And as we just saw in these two greatest commandments, he wants us to be at peace in those three areas with God, with others, and with ourselves. So think about the what. Secondly, think about the who. Look at the who's in your life. And as, as a matter of fact, if you're unhappy, chances are it's because there's at least one relationship in your life right now that's out of sync. There's something that's getting in the way with it. Maybe it's between you and, your, you and a parent. Probably more so that than a sibling. I feel like you, we maybe fight with our siblings, but we're sort of just like, whatever, she's just my sister, he's just my brother. Maybe it's with a friend. But there's tension. So think about that. If you're unhappy right now, it probably has to do with some sort of relational tension. And maybe that's a relationship that needs some attention this week, that maybe it takes you going to them and going, hey, I'm just not at peace with this, and I need to forgive you, or I want to ask you to forgive me because I said some stupid, hurtful things to you, or I said some stupid, stupid hurtful things about you. And so think about the who. Um, you were born, again, with the ability to be happy. You can choose to be happy, but it has everything to do with your peace, joy, and contentment. And so at the very, very least, uh, I want you to remember that phrase tonight. This is my one, the bottom line. Happiness has more to do with who than what. And again, you know that, but we all need to be reminded of that from time to time. And it has everything to do with having peace with God, having peace with others, and having this peace, this inner contentment just with who you are and who God made you to be, and that Jesus has everything under control, and that your life is good, and it's going to be fine. As hard as freshman year is, as hard as senior year is, it's going to be fine because God has you in his hands. And if you're not Christian tonight, I pray that you would see that this is not just about this religious stuff or a certain whatever, a certain religious system but that Jesus wants you to follow him and to run to him. And he wants to not just forgive you of your sins, although he will do that. He wants to give you peace. So let's pray. And we're going to talk about this more over the next two weeks. And um, it's going to be awesome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much uh, for preserving for us just this recording in the book of Matthew tonight of what the greatest commandments are. To love, to love you, Lord, 